Time once again for an edition of the Built by Bama Online podcast. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you joined on this Tuesday evening to kind of give you a time stamp for where we're at because the recruiting news is flying fast and furious at this point. It is a Tuesday evening. We're checking in with Hank South, Recruiting Analyst for BamaOnline.com. Hank, we appreciate it. We thank you for taking a few moments to come up for some air here uh, as the recruiting news continues <laughs> fast and furious. Absolutely. You know, I, I feel like I just ran a marathon since Monday morning. You know, it, it's been nonstop. Um, you know, June's a busy time of year now, and, and you know, you, you got to keep up. You can't you can't walk away from your computer or from your phone for too long before before his news starts popping. Yeah, Hank, I wanted to ask you that, kind of lay out where we're at with this still somewhat newish recruiting calendar uh, as it sits with the early signing period coming in a couple of years ago and how that impacted the rest of the calendar, official visits now in the spring, summer. Really, we've always kind of tongue-in-cheek or jokingly referred to recruiting as being a year-round news cycle, but it absolutely is now, and with that, what would you equate the month of June to in the old calendar? In other words, with with the process being spread out the way it is now, but with more and more kids, it seems like, taking advantage of those summer months, what is June today uh, what it was, again, in that previous calendar? Yeah, you know, I, I think you could equate it to December, and some people might, you know, laugh at that, but if you think about it, with the new official visit calendar, uh, guys can be on campus in the spring from April through June to the end of June. They can take official visits. Um, so that's important in itself. If you look at the calendar, July is a dead period, and I, I haven't seen the 2019 to 2020 calendar, but I'm going to assume August is still a dead period as well like it was last last year. So, you know, you, ha- you have all this, all this activity condensed into one month of the summer, and, and you have guys – at Alabama's camps, there's satellite camps still that coaches still attend. You got guys on official visits. I think if you look over at BimOnline.com, I think most of the days of June, there, there's at least one notable visitor on campus, Tuscaloosa, or at least it's expected on campus. You got events like the Champions Cookout, which is a huge recruiting event for Alabama every year. They have their top targets on campus. That's happening on June 21st. And, and you know, to, to compare it to December, you kind of have that one month window. Typically for Alabama, after the SEC championship game, they have that two- to three-week window to where the coaches can get out on the road. They can get guys in for their final official visits before uh, before the dead period kicks in, before Christmas. And, and it's just kind of a really busy time where, where there's just news happening every day, almost every hour of every day. So I think you could you could make an argument that June is like the December. Obviously, there's not as much – there's not as many implications with, with signing day still however many months away. But it is important. If you're, if you're using official visits now, you, you have to make impressions. You have to leave positive impressions heading into the fall that the guys are going to remember. And so it's a really, it's a really busy time. And, you know, <laughs> recruiting reporters get a little bit of a break come July and August, but, um, you know, it, it's full, it's full go until then. It's the Built by Bama online podcast. You can find it anywhere you consume your podcast, whether that's iTunes, whether that's Megaphone, whether that's Stitcher, whether that's Google Play. We're there for you on a weekly basis. Talking with Hank South, the recruiting analyst for BamaOnline.com. And, yeah, it almost has the feeling as if Alabama is winding down its 2020 recruiting class, Hank, now with 20 
commitments uh, in, in with, with three of those uh, coming in the last week. Let's talk about how we've gotten to this point in those last six, seven days. Started, I guess, with Damian George, the big offensive lineman out of uh, Houston, Texas, uh, commits to Alabama last week. Uh, and then we see Demoy Kennedy, the linebacker from Theodore, Alabama, here in the last couple of days, make his decision known that he will sign or intends to sign with the University of Alabama. And then here, just in the last few hours as we record this podcast, the number one player in the state, Quandarius Robinson, uh, decides that he's going to go ahead and verbal to the Crimson Tide. In terms of those three commitments here in the last week or so, uh, were those kind of anticipated, Hank, or did maybe one or two of these sort of come out of the blue a little bit? No, you know, I, I wouldn't say anticipated for all of them. You know, I'll start with Quandarius Robinson. He's been a guy that we've been talking about, you know, I, I know I, I tweeted out a story after he committed. I wrote a story on him two years ago, uh, kind of as a guy to watch in the state, an up-and-comer, and, and certainly he's kind of panned out to be um, an elite prospect. And, and he's a guy that was committed to Auburn for a long time. Um, he backed off that pledge earlier this year, and, and ever since then it's kind of just been Alabama trending for him. You know, he's taken visits elsewhere, Nebraska, Kentucky, Tennessee, and even Auburn were, were still recruiting him pretty hard. Um, but even in the last few weeks, um, you know, Bama's really kind of pulled ahead for him. I know Tim Watts, our publisher over at Bama Online, had a had a nugget about three weeks ago saying it was pretty clear Alabama was the team to beat, and, and Auburn wasn't really even in the mix for him anymore. And uh, lo and behold, he, he visits Tuscaloosa today and, and decides to go ahead and commit. And, and I think that can maybe be attributed to, you know, if you look at Alabama's commitment list, it's it's filling up at linebacker. So, uh, you know, Quandarius Robinson was already planning to make a summer decision. So you, you, you could kind of – the writing was kind of on the wall to see him come into Tuscaloosa today, talk with the coaches, and, you know, get that feeling and commit. He, he's very close with Sal Sinceri. He's very close with Carl Scott and those guys. So Quandarius Robinson does not surprise me. Uh, Des Moines Kennedy is not a huge surprise, but what we were waiting on with Des Moines Kennedy – was his camp performance. You know, he got the offer from Alabama in May, and most of the spring offers, as people that follow recruiting recruiting know, a lot of them aren't committable until you go and work out and go through Nick Saban's camp and, and kind of do an Alabama workout, and they see kind of how you respond to that. And that's exactly what Des Moines Kennedy did last Saturday. He had an outstanding performance. You couple that with his high school tape, and he shot up the linebacker, he shot up the linebacker board real fast, and he didn't wait long to commit either, announcing on Sunday morning. Um, Damian George is another. We've talked about him. Bam has been in his top two, top three, uh, for probably the better part of the last eight or nine months. Uh, he, he was a guy, uh, we, maybe we were waiting to see a little bit more in the summer, but he decided to go ahead and commit, uh, early on before he actually even visited. He had camped in the past too, so Alvin kind of, they knew what they had in him, but a guy that's really young and, and still developing and, and has a really high ceiling. So, uh, you know, Quandarius Robinson, Damian George, I, I think those you could probably say were anticipated at some point. Des Moines Kennedy, it was a matter of just when he camped, and, and he did. So uh, three really big commitments and, and has really kind of put this class on a hot streak right now. So Quandarius Robinson and Des Moines Kennedy, correct me if I'm wrong, both one-time Auburn commitments. Is that correct, Hank? That's right, yeah. Uh, Des Moines Kennedy was a one-time Auburn commit, and then he backed off that and then was saying LSU was his leader for a while. Um, and then Quandarius uh, was committed to Auburn, took a visit to Alabama for the Iron Bowl actually last November and said Bama was number two for him right behind Auburn. And then, you know, Bama just kept pushing for him and, uh, you know, got it done 
Uh, I mean, they, they they took hold of the momentum early on in 2019, but, you know, got it done today. Yeah, and the obvious connection with Damian George is his teammate, Zachary Evans. Although, as you point out, and we talked about this in, 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 in previous discussions that we've had, um, Alabama knocked it out of the park to the extent in that 2019 class that even if a Damian George or a Seth McLaughlin are viewed as more of type long-range prospects to step in to a starting role or a role of significance at Alabama, they kind of have that luxury in this class, right, because they did hit so well uh, in terms of connecting with their targets in 2019 that they can go after some guys. Not to say that these guys won't turn out to be really, really good players at Alabama, but they don't have to be good within their first 12 months are productive, I would say, maybe more so, than, than, you know, maybe some guys that they recruited for 2019. Absolutely. You know, you look at a guy like Damian George, he just turned, and I think we touched on this uh, on another podcast, but he just turned 16 this semester. He's going to be a 17-year-old college freshman. And so, you, you know, you see him at six, six and a half, 348 pounds. You know, Bama's going to have a chance to really mold him into something special once he gets into the program and kind of uh, puts the work in. And, and everyone you talked about, Damian George, talks about his work ethic first. So, you know, he's got he's got what Bama wants there. And, uh, and you know, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how he develops once he gets on campus. And same with Seth McLaughlin. You know, Seth McLaughlin was the first to say he's still growing. You know, he said he couldn't – when I first talked to him in February, he said he couldn't grow a beard. So, you know, we'll see where he's at. He's like six foot, six foot four, two seventy. Um, and, and you know, once once he gets uh, to to Alabama, come uh, twenty twenty, uh, we'll see. But yeah, it's definitely a year. And, and if you take into consideration uh, the grad transfer uh, market right now too, the transfer portal, Alabama is looking at Landon Dickerson, former five star tackle that has two years of eligibility left. So I think that could certainly impact who they go after in 2020, or at least how many they go after in 2020 on the offensive line, if you couple in the fact that uh, Landon Dickerson would be a, a member of the 2019 class technically, but have two years of eligibility to play left. Now, let's let's go back a little bit on, on those comments. Obviously, connecting some dots with Damian George and his teammate Zachary Evans, the five-star running back, the top running back prospect, in the country, arguably the top overall prospect in the country for the 2020 recruiting cycle, connecting dots. The Damian George commitment to Alabama can't be viewed as anything but a great thing in relation to Zach Evans, too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I know Tim Watts, uh, our publisher, made a, made a note that, uh, you know, as pe- people probably look at that Damian George commitment and think, Oh, they were just doing that to get Zach Evans. But he actually specifically made a note that Bama was recruiting them separately. Um, so that should be known. But, you know, at the same time, Zach Evans has come out on the record saying that the two are a package deal, which Bama fans got to love to hear um, coming from him. If you didn't see that story from 24-7 Sports' Chris Hummer last weekend, you probably want to go check it out. Um, you, I guess the next question you would ask, though, is why hasn't he committed yet if they're a package deal? You know, I, I don't think he's in any rush, but you would, you do, you do have to think that Bama probably has some momentum here for Zach Evans. I know the crystal ball is starting to tick towards Bama for him. So, you know, I, I think they're going to get a, a big time running back in this class, in my opinion. You know, whether it's Zach Evans, which kind of seems to be the more likely of the candidates, whether it's Kendall Milton, the five star running back from California, who's taking an official visit next weekend um, during the Champions Cookout. I think they're going to get a top guy. And, and if you pair that with a guy like you already have in, in Roydell Williams, who's 
uh, borderline top 100 prospect now after the latest rankings updates. Uh, that, that's a pretty loaded class coming off a year where you, you signed the number one running back in the country. Yes, of course, and Trey Sanders, who has just hit campus at the University of Alabama. Now let's get into Landon Dickerson, who you mentioned there, uh, the Florida State grad transfer expected in town this weekend on an official visit. I believe yourself, Tim Watts, our recruiting staff at BamaOnline.com have reported that in the last 24 hours or so. Is that still the case? It is. Uh, from what we're hearing, um, he, he's expected in town this weekend. Uh, and by from everyone I've talked to about this situation, I, I would be surprised if he left campus and, and wasn't it didn't make some sort of announcement as far as, you know, where he was leaning or, or, or just flat out committing. Um, I'm not sure how he plans to do it, but it just seems that's the way it's been trending for Landon Dickerson. It's, uh, it's been either Alabama or Texas A&M for a few weeks now. Um, he actually has that do not contact tag on his transfer in the transfer portal. So he can only re- he can only reach out to schools himself. So th- those have been kind of the two schools mentioned most, obviously. A&M with the Jimbo Fisher ties there. But, you know, Alabama was a finalist for him in the 2016 class, and, and they are again now as he looks for a new school. And, and Bama certainly seems to have the momentum here for him. Um, and, and, you know, talk about adding him to, to that offensive line class in 2019. It, it, you're almost comparing – you're almost – those are almost equal to the, the defensive line haul they had as far as elite talent. So um, it would be a big-time get, and, and I think Bama's in good shape there. Yeah, you look at Alabama's situation on the offensive line right now, and you think, well, they're in really great shape at offensive tackle. Got a pair of juniors that are projected to start at both right tackle and left tackle and Jedrick Wills and Alex Leatherwood. However, we know with the three-and-out nature of Alabama players these days, one or both could be very much in play for the 2020 NFL draft. So what looks to be a, a deep, deep situation right now, and it is because you still have Evan Neal, who you're deep enough at tackle right now, you're able to work the big man, the early enrollee, inside at guard during spring practice. Pierce Quick able to work inside at guard. Darian Dahlcourt, at the high school level at least, had some tackle experience. So you've got a lot of guys on this Alabama roster right now with tackle experience. Uh, but in a year's time, in six to seven months' time, uh, we know things can change quickly uh, when it comes to Alabama players and the NFL draft, so you're never going to turn away a legitimate power five potential starter at the tackle position. And if Landon Dickerson can stay healthy, he can certainly be that kind of guy for the Crimson Tide. I'll tell you what, uh, Hank, when I look at this 2020 commitment list now, uh, the thing that stands out to you is right at the top, and we've talked about it ad nauseum, about the need to really hit some home runs at the linebacker position. Uh, in the next class or two, really, uh, and absolutely, uh, Alabama has undoubtedly done that. I believe it's four of the five uh, highest-ranked commitments for Alabama right now project as either inside or outside linebackers. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Someone asked me in one of our recruiting chats over at them online the other day, uh, how many outside linebackers or how many linebackers they were going to – I forgot the exact question, but – I said, you know, right now it's looking kind of like in, in the neighborhood of six, uh, and I forgot what the actual specification was, whether it was inside or outside, but I said six, and I, I thought at the time, I was like, maybe that's a little high to be shooting for, but, you know, here we are uh, at six right now, if you, if you of course, include Dariki Wright potentially projecting as an outside linebacker, which, you know, he can do a lot of different things, um, 
But, you know, yeah, it's bizarre. You look at Chris Braswell, the top-rated commit in the class, number one weak side defensive end in the country, projects as a jack linebacker. Drew Sanders just recently got his fifth star in the composite. Uh, he projects as an outside linebacker. That was the reason he pretty much flipped from uh, Oklahoma was he wanted to play defense. He didn't want to play offense, which is kind of where he projected at, at Oklahoma. Quandarius Robinson tonight just keeps shooting up in the rankings, all sorts of projectability, projects as a jack linebacker. And then you skip past Ty Jones-Bell, your top 100 receiver right there, and uh, Demoy Kennedy uh, is kind of a hybrid guy as well. I, I think Demoy will end up inside personally, and, and one of the things he said that sold him on Bama so much was just the, the um, opportunity to play what or to do what Dylan Moses does. That's what uh, Pete Golding told him on, on Saturday. They wanted to use him like Dylan Moses, and that just kind of clicked, and, and he decided he wanted to commit. So um, they are loaded at linebacker, and, and it's it's crazy to think, and we could go into this a lot further. Oh, and I should mention Jackson Bratton as well, the uh, Muscle Shoals inside linebacker who's been committed for a while. But it's crazy to think that there's still a lot of top-tier linebackers out there that are still very much considering Alabama. Um, and, and we're in June, and you know it, it's going to be it's going to be a, it's going to be fun to watch to see how this class fills out at that position. And the and the one luxury, and it's a legitimate one, that Sal Sunseri, Pete Golding, that defensive staff, and specifically at the linebacker positions, can sell to these guys is that they do use guys in so many different ways. I think Demoy Kennedy is going to be a, another example of that for sure. Uh, six, two, six, three, 205 pounds. Um, you can already see watching his junior tape from a season ago, how even at the high school level there at Theodore, he's been used similar to what we've seen with Dylan Moses most recently with Rashawn Evans. Um, you know, guys that can play inside, maybe on early downs, kick outside, uh, rush the passer and, in, in passing situations. So, uh, that's the one thing they can continue to sell to these linebackers is that Alabama doesn't really recruit backers anymore just for the middle linebacker spot or the weak side linebacker spot or jack or strong side. They really want guys that they feel like at, at some point, whether it's from need or just the skill set allows it, they can play a lot of these guys at pretty much any of the four base positions in Alabama's defense um hank something else i wanted to touch on with you tonight is you know this continued work in state for this this alabama staff for the 2020 class you know we thought last year was a really fruitful group in state but with nine commitments now for the class of 2020 alabama's already exceeded last year's total i want to say by three players at this point yeah, and, and you look at the guys they're doing it with, uh, with, with Quandarius's, Quandarius Robinson's commitment tonight. That's, they have the top four players in the state on the 24-7 sports composite. Obviously, Quandarius leads, leads that, uh, followed by DeMoy Kennedy, Jason Jones, and Roydell Williams. Uh, you go beyond that, Malachi Moore, Jackson Bratton, Jazalyn Worsham, Jamarian Latham, and, and, you know, and Ricky Wright, of course, out of Gatson City as well. And, you know, they've done a really good job recruiting the state especially in a year where they had a lot of staff turnover. You know, you had one of your core recruiters in the state of Alabama and Brent Key leave for Georgia Tech. They replaced him with Carl Scott, and he's done nothing but, you know, continue the success there. They're back down in Mobile Strong in the Mobile area with Sal Sinceri, um, landing Des Moines Kennedy. Uh, and, and, of course, you know, 
holding on to guys like Roy Dell Williams out of Hueytown. He was a Brent Key guy, uh, but Charles Huff has stepped in there and, and he was actually on campus today. Roy Dell Williams was, um, on an unofficial visit and, um, you know, they've done a really good job of addressing needs and, and doing it early and, you know, really taking hold of momentum in the state early on in the 2020 cycle. Now we talk about math once you get to sort of that 20 commitment mark and that's where Alabama is right now for the 2020 class. We had this conversation in a, in a, on another outlet uh, just a day or so ago. Um, and, and it's, I guess, looking as if it's going to be pretty much another full boat for the Crimson Tide coming off one of those in the most recent class. And I want to ask you specifically, kind of circling back to linebacker because you outlined the number of guys they've already got <laughs> committed at the position. I mean, what type of guy, what type of player is it going to take, with the numbers being what they are at that spot specifically, what type of player or players are we talking about that, that Alabama is is maybe going to keep a space or two for at the linebacker spot as they look to close this thing out? Yeah, you know, you always, even when space fills up, you always talk about, or even when, you, when uh, you know, Alabama meets its needs at certain positions with numbers sometimes, it's always about taking a guy just because he's that good to take. And, and that's kind of where we're at at this point where um, obviously you want to address needs. you still got needs at, at tight end. you got need at running back, uh, still recruiting quarterbacks and, and, and all that. But there's just certain positions. You, you know, this linebacker's class, I think most college staffs would say, okay, we're good. Let, let's wrap it up. But, uh, you know, Alabama still has guys they're very much interested in. Uh, you look at a guy like Will Anderson, who was on campus last weekend. He, he's a top 100 Another one of those edge rusher types, 6'3", 233. I know. Yeah. I know. He, he, he's a guy that looks like he's turning towards Alabama. And we're not even talking about Justin Flo, who, who is arguably the top inside linebacker, top linebacker target maybe in the 2020 class. You know, I, I think you could probably get a, said that about Quandarius Robinson as well. Uh, but Justin Flo is a massive target um, out of California. And he's a guy that, you know, similar to Demoy Kennedy, just a ferocious football player uh, that, you know, you, you want to – plug into that inside linebacker spot in your defense. Um, Savelle Smalls, he's the number one outside linebacker in the country. He's still an option. So, you know, we look at the class numbers. You see 20 commits. You think if it's a full class, that's five or six more commits. I wouldn't look at it that way. You know, there's always class attrition. We're just in June right now. Um, I, I think the majority of Alabama's commitments are still taking visits. They're still looking elsewhere. I know I just reported Jason Jones, the longtime defensive tackle commit, He's going to Georgia Tech this weekend on an official visit. So guys are still looking around, and, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see uh, some guys, you know, leave the class um, at some point. Um, it happens every year. And then, of course, you have those avenues that we saw with a guy like Drez Parks um, and, and what we anticipated with Michael Parker as well before a spot came up for him, whether it be gray shirting or blue shirting at this point. You know, that, that's usually a discussion that happens further down the line. Uh, when it really comes down to crunch time and decisions need to be made about signing. But, you know, there's always those avenues to, to sign more guys than, uh, than, uh, you know, 25. So we'll see what happens. It, it will for sure be a full class, in my opinion. Um, and it's going to be an interesting ride to get there. We talk about what's next for this Alabama recruiting effort for this 2020 class. And as we alluded to earlier in the podcast, a big weekend, uh, not only because you're talking about one of the top grad transfer OL targets out there in Landon Dickerson, uh, but I know you reported here in the last little bit at BamaOnline.com that the top guard prospect for the 2020 class looks as if he will make an official trip 
to Tuscaloosa. What is this weekend, this next five or six days sort of shaping up like for Alabama from that standpoint, Hank? Yeah, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a wild weekend just because if you look at the list of guys who are coming, uh, I, I'm not sure if all those guys wanted to commit, Alabama would say no, personally. At this point, it's just kind of like, you know, let, let's take them all. So so we'll see what happens. Uh, Justin Rogers, the number one guard in the country, he's actually committed to Kentucky right now. Uh, but you know, he just committed to Kentucky about three or four weeks ago. He had put out a top five uh, right before he committed. And then the next day out at Alabama, I made it a top six. So it was pretty clear, uh, despite committing, he was still going to listen to Bama. We, we expected him to, to come on an official visit at some point. He set it for this weekend, and, and he's an interesting prospect. Um, he actually can play offensive line or defensive line. And, and uh, you know, <laughs> we talk about versatility on the offensive line. This guy's versatile enough to, to play either position. So uh, we'll be watching him, uh, Landon Dickerson, of course, and then another big one in Eric Gilbert, who's a five-star athlete out of Marietta, Georgia, who's recruited as a tight end. Um, he's been a longtime big Alabama target. You look at him and a guy like Darnell Washington, those are probably the two targets, top targets at that tight end position, both considered five-star athletes. So uh, there's going to be some other defensive linemen. It's an offensive and defensive line camp this weekend. So there's going to be several uh, you know, underclassmen on campus visiting as well. The number one tackle in the 2021 class, and Tommy Brockermeyer is expected to work out on Sunday or he's expected to visit on Sunday for a couple of days. So that's a big visit. So it's, it's really not slowing down. It's going to keep being, it's going to be busy every day um, and, until that dead period starts in a couple of weeks. Yeah. At this point, uh, Alabama in 2021 may just go with seven Jack linebackers on the <laughs> defensive side of the ball. Just play a couple of them at, at corner. And look, if you've got pass rushers, elite edge defenders that want to come on board, you don't say no to those guys. There's certain positions where there's a definitive ceiling on maybe the number of guys you take at their respective spots, well, edge pass rushers, left tackles, quarterbacks, um, cover corners, you know, those aren't those guys. You take as many as you can get. And when you catch a cycle, when you've got an abundance of those, that's when you absolutely have to load up. And Alabama obviously doing that in a couple of different areas for the 2020 class. Now, Something else we've talked about recently, Hank, the possibility of Alabama somehow catching the Clemson Tigers for that number one overall spot for the 2020 recruiting cycle. And with Clemson just getting off to just a ridiculous start to to the period, Um, I think five five stars committed right now for Dabo Sweeney. Um, I certainly have had my doubts about it when we've spoken on the topic in the last, just in the last day. Um, but I know Steve Wiltfong of the 247sports.com staff, uh, came up with sort of a, a path to the number one spot for Alabama. You seemed to think it was a possibility. Uh, with Robinson committed now, how much more likely or potentially, uh, possible is it that Alabama could somehow catch Clemson in, in, in this 2020 class? Yeah, you know, if you had asked me this about three weeks ago, you know, I, I, I've always thought Alabama was going to have a strong 2020 class. I, I, with what Clemson was doing in April and May, I, I thought they were just going to, you know, out, outrun everybody just with, with the guys they were getting, you know, five, five stars. I think 
either four or all five of them all committed within that, that uh, few month span right there. And, and it just looked like they were going to run away with it. Uh, but Alabama's kind of kept up with them. Uh, they dropped down to three. They've been trading back and forth with LSU at two and three. Um, I, I think they've kind of outpaced LSU to hold on to that two spot securely for a while now. Uh, but yeah, there's certainly a route. And obviously Clemson's not done recruiting. They have 17 commitments. They're still recruiting other guys as well, and they're going to get other guys. But Alabama's putting some pressure on them right now at 20 commitments. Of course, that number's going to change um, as, as time goes on. But if you do just a, a scenario where, let's say, a guy like Will Anderson commits, and he, he's a guy that we've been saying is trending to Alabama, and, and it wouldn't be shocked to see him pull the trigger on the tide um, this summer, if he were to jump on board, and then let's say Zach Evans were just to decide to commit and, and be that package deal like he says he's going to be with Damian George, that would put Alabama over Clemson today. If that happened today, that Alabama would have the number one class again, which is just bizarre if you kind of – look back to where we were at just a few weeks ago with what Clemson was doing. So it'll, it's going to be a battle. You know, I, I thought Clemson was going to have a firm hold on it the rest of the cycle. I thought Bama would, you know, get they would get close with the guys they're going to get. But um, I, I didn't think it would be enough to maybe over, overtake them. But now it's looking like a very realistic possibility. And we don't want to forget to mention the class of 2021 because on last week's podcast, we had a question in the Built by Bama online podcast mailbag from a subscriber of ours in relation to when would Alabama get on the recruiting scoreboard for the 2021 class and lo and behold Hank with everything else you're working on for the 2020 group here comes the first member of the 2021 class or at least one that's uh, sticking for the time being in Latrell McCutcheon uh, right there from Austin, Texas, literally in the shadows of the University of Texas. What is Alabama getting in Latrell McCutcheon, Hank? They're, they're getting a really good athlete. And he's a guy, uh, six foot one, 176. He just camped at Alabama on Saturday, had a, had a really impressive showing, but a guy that plays receiver and cornerback. You know, he's got ball skills. He's got cover skills. Just a really, just I would just describe him as a great athlete, and he's ranked the number eight or number seven cornerback in the nation, number one twenty overall play, twenty one overall player in the country according to our twenty four seven sports rankings. And this is a guy Bama did a really good job on, especially for a guy like you said in, in Texas's backyard. They offered him before Texas did. This this guy's less than ten miles from University of Texas's campus, and Alabama came in. Jeff Banks led the way, uh, evaluated him in the spring. They actually had him on campus in March as well for an unofficial visit, pulled the trigger on an offer in May, got him on campus again this past weekend, and the rest is history. And, and you know, he noticed that. He, he noticed Bama giving him more attention than Texas. Uh, you know, Texas didn't even offer until after Alabama offered, and they were trying to play catch-up, at which point it was just too late for him. So a, a, a really big-time commitment to get a, as the first guy on board, and, and he, he's going to take that role as, as kind of a leader in the class and, and try to get other guys. And if, if you look at the state of Texas right now, it's it's looking very crimson-friendly with some of these guys they're getting and some of the guys they have that have a lot of interest in Alabama as well. So and I think, you know, with the combination of Jeff Banks having the Texas ties from his time in College Station – Carl Scott being from the Houston area, uh, they, they really seem to be clicking in Texas and kind of, you know, their message is resonating with these recruits out there. Yeah, McCutcheon checks those measurable boxes for a Nick Saban corner, as you said, 6-1, check, 176, check. Uh, that'll just about do it every time in the evaluation process for Alabama when it comes 
the corners. And I wanted to ask you about that because you touched on Carl Scott and, and Jeff Banks. Some of these second-year guys on this Alabama staff, there's been so much talk about the turnover the last couple of years, and, and goodness knows there's been a, a bunch. Um, but some of these guys going into their kind of their second go-around at Alabama, starting to make some real waves on the recruiting trail, I guess. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that, that's kind of been the story. I mean, when we're writing about these commitments the last week, it, it's been, I feel like we're just talking about Jeff Banks, Carl Scott. Uh, you know, obviously, Sal Sinceri has played a big role uh, coming back on the staff. But uh, really, I think the storyline of, of June so far, as far as Alabama recruiting, you know, outside of the linebackers, obviously, they got Demoy Kennedy and Quindarius Robinson are huge gets, but they've really done a good job in Texas. And if they were to go into North Shore and, and sign the number one player out of the state of Texas, out from under Texas and Texas A&M, uh, that would be a that would be a big time get and kind of just really firmly establish where they're at there. You already have a guy like Drew Sanders. You got Latrell McCutcheon now, so they're really making uh, you know they're really making waves in, in the state of Texas and um, you know uh, the recruits are noticing that. I think there's like this huge there's this new movement uh, I think on Twitter that says Dallas to Austin, but a lot of the recruits if you go and look at uh, a guy like Kendrick Blackshire. They've got some other guys from Central Texas visiting um, Alabama in a couple weeks. It sounds like there's there's a Texas to Alabama movement starting almost, um, and I think Zach Zach Evans would probably be the catalyst of that. Pete Golding going into his second year, doing some nice things uh, on the recruiting trail as well. So if you right. had some concerns and doubts about this staff moving forward, especially with just absolute recruiting machines like Tosh Lapoy moving on to the Cleveland Browns uh, of the National Football League. I'd say the the return of Sal Sinceri combined again with what some of the holdovers are doing, especially right now on different parts of, of the recruiting map for the Crimson Tide, has been very, very good uh, news for Alabama fans. Well, Hank, uh, look, get to work, okay? I mean, <laughs> I, enough with the time off. You've been screwing around. No, in all seriousness, Hank, uh, great work there at BamaOnline.com. You really need to keep up with Hank. It's hard, though. It's hard to keep up with you these days, Hank. I I I have to do like, (laughs) yeah, I have to click on your, your, your name there on the website and then go through your history, you know, to try to, try to keep up with this guy. Uh, Hank South does an outstanding job. Tim Watts, as you know, an absolute staple of Alabama recruiting news for, what, nearly 20 years now, if not 20 years. Uh, So Tim obviously does a great job. But, hey, can't thank you enough, my man, and uh, look forward to updating this. And who knows, it might be in the next 24 to 48 hours. So stay tuned (laughs) for another edition of the Built by Bama online podcast coming up soon. Thanks, Hank. Anytime. Thanks, Travis. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of what we do at BamaOnline.com. Until next time. Take care, everybody.